0: This episode of El Politico was recorded on Thursday the 18th of January 2024. Welcome back to El Politico. It's uh, January, it's cold, the <laughs> studio is beginning to warm up with a bit of hot air here being uh, uh, broadcast around the place but you're listening to SBCR and from America we're going to bring it all back home. Paul, the local election 7th of June this year. We, will, we have the locals and we have the European Europeans. elections. Yeah. Uh, I discuss the European elections first? Just give, give me your thoughts on... Cause yeah, it's actually, just as you mentioned, I told I was yeah. like, God, what's going what, on what there? What are we on There's about this? Thing. Yeah, I, 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 equate, I equate the European elections to a few of the lads that we heard of five years ago suddenly start making an appearance around the place in mm. March or April. And then a few posters come out and a few letters yeah. get dropped through the letterbox and vote
1: for me you start to see candidates then sometimes you see domestic um, politicians kind of having like a go at you
0: Sean Kelly and Billy Kelleher mm. are two that have made themselves known you said say the, 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 the Christmas edition yeah. of the papers is always a great one to sort of get an idea of who's I, going to go you know candidate yeah
1: they would be definitely the two MEPs Kelleher would have had a, a stint in the doll. Um, Kelly never No he went to Europe Always yeah. went straight to Europe But came from a high profile position yeah. As president of the of the GAA um, They would still be kind of You know Doing the rounds of the constituency mm. and, and it is a very large constituency Stretching from Wexford Right up here to County Clare It's a big 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 constituency um, I don't hear As of yet I'm not kind of in the In the loop with these things But I don't hear political names being discussed you will start to see some you see Barry Cowan's name there being mentioned in North Midlands yep. whatever as as, as, as as a candidate um, Billy Kelleher Fianna Fáil down in Cork you'd have to think there will surely be some Fianna Fáil candidate in the northern half of the constituency yep. if not a third over then in the kind of southeastern part of the constituency um, you also then have Mick Wallace he's of course over in the southeast I would say Mick Wallace now um, he's always a strange candidate in that, you know, he kind of, nothing is happening, but I think he's got a lot of profile again vis-a-vis Israel, Gaza, Palestine, a lot of high profile again in in, in the last couple of months on that. Um, himself and Claire Daly have been very, very, very strong about that. Um, of course, they were being kind of presented as kind of Russian stooges there just 12 months ago. Again, so you, you yeah, on, on that basis, you'd have to think if he stands... Um, he'd have a certain amount of strength the Sinn Féin and the Greens then um not sure how strong uh, Miss Sullivan isn't that yeah uh, is Waterford I think Waterford South Tip or somewhere down around yeah. there yeah
0: and didn't she did she get in because there was extra numbers last time yeah. around you know yeah so, so I, I don't know how strong um, Fine Gael
1: Deirdre Clune and Sean Kelly Deirdre Clune down in Cork um, hung in there Eventually got elected. I would say you'll see the same two incumbents for Fina Gale. We'll see A and other definitely with Fina fall. Mick Wallace, I would imagine, will continue on as he is, or will, will stand yeah. and continue on as he is. Greens
0: and Sinn Féin then You would think um, Sinn Féin will probably Have a candidate Who even if They don't have A huge profile Is going to get a good vote
1: Yeah I would think You will have Second division Sinn Féin I think Sinn Féin eggs Will be in the basket Of general election Unless you want to get Somebody with a bit of profile And to come in And stand a general election As well um, I would say you'll be Kind of um, yeah, I wouldn't expect A high profile Sinn Féin I think they're going to Really be concentrating Domestically um, For the general election um, Possibly the year after In 2025 Um so we'll see. Unless they get celebrity, the likes of Joe Broly, not down here, perhaps, in the south of the Ireland. Um, unless you get someone like him who would like to do 12 months in Europe and come back then, which has often been a track beaten by a lot of politicians, go over for 12 months and come back then domestically to kind of win a seat in the doll, Possibly for Sinn Féin. You would think... Um, Greens could struggle in this election I think th- there's a feeling, it might not be like that but there's a feeling the Greens will struggle
0: electorally yeah, um, we'll, this we'll, year. we'll come back to that in a second. Tom, your thoughts on the European elections? Have you any? I, I don't think it, it, it matters to most people as much as the
2: how, how do you say, our national elections to be honest I think they'll... L- yeah they'll, but should it? Should it? Um, I think Paul made a, a really good point earlier on when it was about the day to day responsibilities and kind of focuses of, of people in their daily lives and as I say, the economies, the, the cost of living, fuel costs, they're, they're the kind of the pressures of daily life. I think I don't know whether there's a there's a lack of connectivity to our European represent unless there's an issue that involves Ireland and Europe. Directly, that yeah. there's something that that needs to be um, addressed, but it's, it's, there's a direct connection between Europe and Ireland.
0: Yeah, but sure, Tom, the biggest potential topic and issue out there directly affects Europe and directly affects us and has directly affected us for the last two years, which, the war in Ukraine.
1: Yeah, well, even if you take, a, a, you can see, um, I always remember here, Look, we did a show a couple of years ago, that guy... Um, He's involved with the musicals and things and he's in UL. He taught talk, we've talked about the European Union. Yes. I remember his name now. Um, it was interesting discussion about politics and French politics. We were talking about the French election, Macron's second presidential election. We talked he talked about he, he was a serious Euro um Europhile. Eurofan. <laughs> Eurofan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Europhile, <laughs> he definitely was. But he talked about the, the, the European Union. It just basically, no matter what all the stresses and strains are, Brexit or whatever, it grinds on, it continues on, it continues on. And I, I I've often thought about that since like, you know, it was an extraordinary um I felt it was an extraordinary comment to make. And you can see I see a lot of stresses and strains Um, within the whole EU now at this stage. Um, You talk about Russia-Ukraine and the pressures that has put on the EU, potentially then with accession of Ukraine as well. Even laterally, even after that, the nature of the European Commission versus the European Parliament in how it responds to the um, Israeli-Palestine war, genocide, war crime, whatever you want to call it at the moment, um, even that, I can see fissures and cracks and, and, and stresses. And I see the Parliament um, mightn't be on the same hymn sheet as the Commission. So, I mean, like, um, I think it will, at the point you're making there, look, I think it will and it should. And it's amazing that it isn't more relevant, more
2: relevant to our daily lives because it most certainly is. Yeah, and I mean, when you, when you think about relevance and the way things have manifested themselves in the last couple of years. I mean, you look at the UN and the lack of power they actually Mm -hmm. have when it comes to um, Gaza, Israel, the Palestinians... You know, they have been shown up mm. to be very powerless it's, it's, in a situation, in it's, even though they have representatives yeah. of right around the world. But you see, that you've, you've got permanent members of the Security yeah. Council. At this stage, it's
1: not fit for purpose, to be honest. It doesn't seem to be. Doesn't like, seem right, to be great. But it doesn't seem to be fit for purpose. If you can have a veto, if you're the US or you're the UK or you're Russia, um, and you can have a veto. So that look, that's architecture that was created out of the Second World War, it was absolutely necessary. And in a lot of ways, it still is necessary. But the way it's run or how we, how, how it works is...
0: is Whether is, it is, affects is, is direct change. ...old-fashioned yeah. and, 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 yeah. and, and isn't going to do th- in the future. I, I think the demise of the UN, Paul, could nearly be... You could put it back to the first Gulf War. Yeah. Well, you see, had, you uh, had all these resolutions. Yeah. You, and the yeah. second Gulf War. Yeah. And these resolutions. And it was a bit like then, you know, the the whole thing, you know, the, the dodgy dossier. Yeah. And everything like that. And then was, oh, we'll ignore that. We'll ignore that. Yeah. Because oh, prior to that,
1: no, the world, sorry,
0: you yeah. had a scenario where if the UN had a decision or made a decision, it was re- respected and it was yeah. acted upon. Whereas now that respect is gone and it's like, we'll just ignore it. No, I think that the
1: the key weakness with the UN is because... I think is because of the permanent members of the security council. You can have these nice fancy elections where Simon Coveney goes off into Pacific Islands and we get her six months or two years or whatever it actually is on the security council. But the I fact that b- you have five Bono permanent members. In, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that you have five permanent members, the world has changed. You know, you, you've got an influence now of countries like Brazil or like Australia that mightn't have been there 70 years ago and why should they not have a permanent position? <laughs> On, on the security counts if we're going to be dealing with these um, inflamed positions right around the world it shouldn't be up to America UK at this stage you're, you're, what were they described as a kind of a, a middle ranking you know uh, realistically
0: well the empire the, long empire, is, the empire the empire yeah. <laughs> was the
1: empire yeah we all remember the maps up on our yeah. wall at the back of our classrooms 25% yeah. sun never sets blah 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 mm. blah. that's a long time gone now at this stage you're a outside of the European Union you're you're, you're a small Entity relative to the size of the world and how it is the world works. So what are you doing as as, 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 as a permanent member of Security Council?
2: So how influential are our European MEPs? From the well, point mm, of view of you are
1: Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Well, can you name our MEPs, Tom? are the ones that were mentioned so far in the show yeah. with yeah. I Keller no. and I I and, wa- and Wallace and because of our, our our love of football and bits and pieces from years ago Wexford the blonde Utes. hair fl- Wexford youths <laughs> you know yeah. but it you makes, remember you remember yeah, 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 uh, yeah no. well,
0: Paul now I said you're you're the political guru uh, mm. here amongst us but can can you remember that there was a recount at the last election the last European election I'd forgotten about it there was a recount. was right. there a recount? And, and, and I've I, I just looked up the great volume of uh, encyclopaedic knowledge as in Wikipedia. But no, the stats are correct because it's only I'm sort of reading of it here. You had um, Grace uh, O'Sullivan so and Leonie Reeder. After yeah, did, yeah. A, re, a recheck of their votes, a full recount was requested um, the returning officer announced it would begin on the 4th of June and it could take up 28 working days, yeah. as only a uh, mm. recount in Ireland could. So, you know, that's about like six weeks. Mm. Um Then uh, on the 4th of June, Nereida withdrew the request. Mm. And after the transfer of her votes and Mick Wallace's surplus, Grace, Grace O'Sullivan <laughs> and Deirdre Clune were deemed elected. But this mm. is the thing. Uh, I, I I thought it was Grace O'Sullivan, but I, I'm wrong. It's tell you how dublin, my mind. It's it was Deirdre, Cloon. Or d- d- or Deirdre She Cloon. did not take office until, until Brexit had fully taken effect. Right. Remember the thing that we were, the, we were given we were given an extra yes, seat. Yes, yes. So you yes, you, so you, so you basically then, had you, you had the scenario where you had Sean Kelly, Billy Kelleher, Mick Wallace, Grace O'Sullivan, and Deirdre Clune
1: Right, they're the five islands. They, they, they're,
0: they're Ireland south and Ireland south now literally goes, we'll say, from Wicklow to Clare. Yeah, across the bottom Ireland. half of the country. But bottom half, yeah, of the bottom country. half of the country. Wicklow yeah. as well, that's where yeah. right.
1: Simon Harris stood last time around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. so. But, but the question you asked, Luke, there, so anyway, yeah, but it, no more so than the architecture of the US, um, the architecture of the EU is is, is, is unusual, <laughs> we'll, say, we'll call it as well, in that you have the commission where all our commissioners and they're chosen by the governments of the EU so you've got our commissioner at the moment is Mairead McGuinness I might remember the Phil Hogan thing your commissioner is chosen by your government there's talk now of Michael McGrath the Minister for Finance becoming the next commissioner so you have the EU Commission you have the um, European Parliament and you have the Council of Ministers which is where all the Taoiseachs or all the Prime Ministers come together and they meet so you've got these kind of three-legged stool so again another three-legged stool There can be something in that politically Um, so you've got that how it has worked you see if you even take that the the commission you know, Ursula von der Leyen and we gave, we've given her I'd be pulling those back a lot or
0: some uh, of her political decisions
1: I subsequently just are just sort of
0: you know I think we gave her we gave her politician, a politician of the year, of the two, year years ago, two, two,
1: two years ago dreadful sin. and you can see actually you can see form actually not, not to go down a rabbit hole here but you know you can see form you can see what she did we'll say most recently with respect to Israel yeah the solar run um, <clears throat> she did the same thing with respect. To, do you remember with the with the drugs for um, COVID, the drugs for COVID, solo run? Her political judgment—I'm starting to think now—is like me own, very bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she, um, yeah, really is making massive
0: blunders. Cer- I think certainly, uh, but, but, uh, you know the the whole thing, Paul. You have you know a good politician can read the room. Yeah, I think her initial statements in relation to the whole Palestine. Israel conflict it's terrible oh, absolutely terrible it's terrible and hasn't helped since no. now the whole uh, conflict there I, I will claim I know very little about it and find it very hard to sort of get a grasp on what it is but mm. whatever way you look at it and this is now a very general tone it's not great no you're sort of arguing why is it happening and why are the United States not trying to pull in Israel. Mm. I think we can take a fair guess as to why not, because it's down to politics. Yeah. And as you said, Ursula hasn't exactly, um, you know, covered herself in glory with how she has dealt with it and her comments on it. And she is basically our leader as as we are Europeans. Yeah. She is our leader. And I don't think she sort of re- reflects on the wider, uh, you know, the wider mood music yeah. of many Europeans. No, she might reflect it on a few, but no, um, no, I think it's. I think it was very poor judgment politically.
1: Um, <coughs> and again, you're talking about she's early. She's one of this is maybe one of the issues with the EU. Um, she's one of our leaders. Like I say, we have Charles Michel. Uh, we have as as kind of the coordinator for the. Prime Ministers or whatever you want to call it. You have the President... I don't know who's the President... Who's the President of the Parliament? Who's the President of the European Parliament? You have three legs there. So we've got a few different leaders and we also have domestically then yeah. all our own um, Prime Ministers, Macron or whoever, or Schultz or whoever. So you've got all that. So it, 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 it's a bit of a mishmash, but certainly the solar run that she chose to take, no more so than the solar run she chose to take vis-à-vis the medicines in Belgium that were earmarked for the UK and she was going to in, in, invoke yeah. the protocol for Northern Ireland to get... You know, uh, politically, she's doing a lot of damage. She is doing a lot of damage, I think, at various junctures and various times.
0: And that will play itself to out the con- in the process. Yeah, but she's doing damage to the concept of the European Union as a union. Yeah, I would... I would I, you know, she's, she's certainly not helping it, yeah. <laughs>
1: put it that way. Again, she's not... Elected Correct She is not elected She is selected <laughs> And that's perhaps One of the One of the Actually there's One of her predecessors um, Who did a lot of work In establishing And creating Just passed away after Jacques Delors Yep um, Who would have been um, President of the commission um, When it was really In its formative mm. Formative years And that's And I think he would have understood The The various pressures That are going to exist From Ireland Down to Greece And from kind of Finland back down to Portugal. You know, he would have understood that. But no, m- no more though. So I I get a sense, the more I see now of Ursula der Leyen, I get a sense that... We liked her a few this, years I ago, did, but yeah, we're, yeah, not, we're yeah. not too no, fond of her no, now. So. Just making too many blunders, massive blunders. Yeah, but um, I, I suppose
0: think. you could have the argument then, you know, I said, how long do we keep these people in power? Uh, Amanda, <laughs> I, I knew quite well you said to me, Give them five years and then turf them out. Mm.
1: Well, that's, w- that's one of the key. That's one of the key. Tony Benn, the English um, politician used to always talk to, he had five tenets or five questions you have to ask vis-a-vis democracy. And the fifth question, a lot of the questions were who do you represent? How did you get to where it is that you are? But the last question was how do we get rid of you? And if you can't answer that question, you haven't got a democratic system. You know? <laughs> how do we get rid of you? It's uh, a key you, question. You yeah, have to be you know, And it's of very America, hard. Please discuss. Yeah, so it's very hard to... Uh, answer that question when it comes to a position like that of Ursula van der Leyen.
2: we can't get rid of her you know yeah, yeah. that's it's up like to an, it's else. like a, it's like an exit strategy if you don't have an exit strategy with something that you've begun yeah, you're in you trouble you're floating around you know and that's what right. the, I mean that's what they're yeah. they're they're discussing now in relation mm. to the Palestinians in Israel. Yeah.
1: Well, Luke there, and we don't, and we don't know enough. We've, there's a lot of, we've been bombarded with information. And a lot of it is like your phrase there, Luke, can be fake news as yep. well. And it's, it's a horrific um, thing to actually watch. One of the nicest, well, not nicest, that's the wrong thing to say. One of the best. And I'm looking forward to it because I didn't hear the full thing on podcast. Um, Bonnie Boyle and PJ McNamara were here last Saturday on the yeah, Saturday Chronicle. heard some of it, giving yeah. Giving some of their um, Interpretation and I know that they would be, have been coming at it from a Palestinian perspective with their experience, but they were extraordinarily measured in trying to understand and learn and work out the whole thing both from an Israeli perspective and a Palestinian perspective. And we get all the kind of talking heads, our leaders, so to speak, they're hammering us with imagery, with rhetoric, with information. You have to believe this. This is what it is. And it's not like that. It's no, not and like it's that funny, at all.
2: One of, one of the stations that's, that's gathered massive momentum is Al Jazeera TV. Yeah. Because a lot of people that would have watched CNN regularly have now switched to Al, J- Al Jazeera mm. because they, they seem it's a more balanced yeah, reflection it, it, of what's happening, and that's I I, think, I don't think anyone intentionally wants to be fed crap. No, but we but want if, it. We want to know what the truth. But is. if you we don't look, want to, but
1: if you look at the spokespersons and I single out some of them, maybe you know you single out the likes of I don't know. I'm not going to single out, but you, you look at the spokespersons and you listen to them. And you're literally, it's telling you black is white. Yeah. To your face. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you, it, it, their philosophy obviously is pound this at you until you can't take any more. So looking for those little flashes or beacons of somebody trying to analyse or trying to work it out or trying to kind of establish a broader narrative to what this is all about is actually really unusual
0: in this climate that we're in. Yeah. Paul, could, I, good to hear it. could I just give a, a general um, thought while fully acknowledging that I would imagine the vast majority of Irish people do not fully understand the political the political situation in with Palestine and Israel or the nuances of it over what appears to be about 2000 years and how Mm. that situation has got to be where it is but if you come come back a few levels and say right the power supply and the infrastructure of another country is ran by the country next door. Mm. And you start to say, that doesn't sound right. And you say, then this country next door starts bombing the BJ's out of it in response to an incident. And it just seems to be that it's not a case of a one-for-one, a, one one, a tit-for-tat sort of reprisal. You know, back in the day... Yeah, yeah an eye for an
1: eye, a tooth for two tooth, yeah, if you yeah, want uh, to invoke Old Testament. Yeah,
0: I, I, if you go back to the days when, you know, Russia might have shot down a plane, or somebody shot down a plane and the Yanks sort of sent a few cruise missiles, you know, mm, yeah. in, out into a field somewhere. That was the, you know, oh, we, we've, we've made a strong response in relation to this. mm The Irish people, I think, in general, and the concert that was held here before Christmas Mm. would be an indicator of it, I think Mm. are very sympathetic towards the Palestinian situation. And I think it's because it's part of what we are, who we are, and Mm. what we have experienced with our relationship over a number of hundreds of years with our nearest neighbor. Yeah, the situations are totally different, mm. and in this era of social media, you know, messages get changed. And uh, as you said, the rhetoric that's put out is, "Well, we'll tell you what we're doing, and that's it." And I don't care what you t- yeah. you're not telling us we're wrong. Yeah, but I just think that there is that level of sympathy that's there. Tom, you wanted to come in there. No, I th- I think one of
2: the the terms that's been used at the moment is escalation. From a point of view of what's happening, is it in the Gulf with with the Houthis and, and a tit, for, ta, and a tit rent, for tat, for yeah. tat, an attack on a ship, and then mm. the the Americans mm. um, and English or whatever would would uh, would hit a target uh, in Yemen, uh, you know, and they, they don't want an escalation. It's all about not, you know. So there is that, there is that element. But I see what you're saying, Luke. I think, as I said, there's a uh, there's an alignment with the the Palestinian people with what Irish. Uh, kind of the, the Irish history. So they, and that's something that, that um, Bonnie and PJ ha- happened to mention yeah, that yeah, yeah. there is that identification with yeah. an Irish person that, oh, listen, you know what I mean? We know mm. y- you can understand our, our, our fate as such. And it's funny, one of the things they said in their interview was water.
1: Mm.
2: How water yeah. is a massive, massive commodity when it comes to Palestine and the control of Israel yeah. of water to palestine so it goes down to the those very very basics yeah of course when it comes does. to the, the, the community the important the, the yeah. important things you know yeah. and but i think look we we could we could spend the whole weekend speaking about what's happening there yeah. and at the end of it we probably wouldn't have an answer because yeah. there doesn't seem to be a, a credible answer right now of what's happening well, right. if you
1: look at it, look, if you take a look, you, you mentioned there. Look, it's two. You mentioned there. Look, it's two thousand years. You felt it's two thousand years, mm. and we talk about this connection, perhaps that Ireland um, has with Palestine because of um, historical context, colonisation, whatever you want to call it. See, the thing is, it hasn't been two thousand years. It's only been seventy-five years. And our colonisation went on for 700 years. And This is the awful thing about this. Are we just at the beginning, at this stage now, in the blink of an eye as time passes with the Israeli-Palestine conflict? You know, Israel was only created in 1948. The the, the idea of a Jewish homeland was only kind of begun to be taught about at the end of the 19th century. Um, So if we talk about, you know, Will this go on for 500 years before it's solved or before it's actually sorted out? That's the kind of awful thing about it. Um, Politically, even though we're not supposedly sophisticated, you would have to think that the political reaction um, from the world's police, if you want to call it that, and you can put that in the EU or you can put that in America, you know, with respect to the Israeli government and their response to the dreadful, horrendous attack that happened on the 7th of October. We we knew this was going to happen. You could see the rhetoric, the words that were being used from day one by Netanyahu, by former Prime Ministers like Naftali Bennett, you know, about getting people, you know, scum, animals, you know, the President of Israel, Herzog. You know, I just can't understand why there couldn't have been more pressure exerted on the Israeli government not to respond in the way in which they have responded it just seems the lack of, it seems over the top the lack it seems of cr- it seems it is and we're debating this in terms of genocide now at this stage yeah. can, I think there's no question about debating it in terms of war crimes I think there's no debate there I don't think there is no. um, genocide again that's open to debate because at least they're telling people when they're going to bomb a place maybe that's not genocide so whatever that'll be determined by the European by the Court of Human Rights but the response has been totally at odds Um, with what actually happened. That's my opinion. Maybe we should offer an opinion here on
0: this. You'd potentially say the states were basically sleepwalking while this started in that they had no real sort of, oh, you know, we we respect the right of Israel to defend its territory. Mm. Well, that was was Ursula von der Leyen as well. Yeah. And Rishi Sunak. And that was the line that they were coming out with. But then you start of say, okay, that might be fine for a day or two. But then uh, Mm. when the Israels have basically told you well, we're he, we're going to keep going. But you we're, saw the speech, the Amalek yeah.
1: speech, you saw that that yeah. night with that. Yeah. Invoking uh, the uh, Old uh,
0: Testament. Then you'd sort of, hmm. you know, sort of, if Paddy, sort of an East Clare, can sort of look at that and sort of say, She's led, you're not reading the room great yeah. here. Yeah, but what's, um, this about? but
1: what's actually going on then? Yeah. So. And that brings us back then to what we said earlier. You know, domestically, then this is supposed; these are supposed. Anthony Blinken, Joe Biden; these are our best politicians, our Secretary of State, our diplomats. The whole yeah. thing—they've gone through Barack Obama's administration. <laughs> They've seen the world. They know how the world works. And to be, they—they obviously haven't been blindsided. You have to, ex, you have to accept them that they know this, they knew this, they understand this. They're happy to allow this
0: yeah. to continue. But, it, but and that's
1: then why domestically, Joe Biden. You know the broader political picture, and this is grotesque politics, but it's politics nonetheless. You know this is why he puts himself under domestic pressure then, because his vote will be more um, susceptible. You know he's he's liberal voters, if you want to call them that, whatever you want to call them. You know that that that's their world outlook, that they're going to be a bit more upset about US foreign policy which with respect to Tor- war crimes which than what Trump's... It's totally just Trump's. into Trump. That's what I'm saying. This is, this is yeah. politically
0: he, he, he'll naive. He'll come out with a ex- great line. No, there's well, enough. When I'm back in power, I'll have it solved at day one.
1: Yeah, I'll negotiate this yeah, so as it is. But and, but, like, it's, it's horrible to be <laughs> discussing it in these terms of politics. Yeah. It's actually, you know, there's children being murdered and bombed and killed. There were 1,200, 1,300 people killed in the early part of October. It's, it, we, we're, but in You're talking about a debt, debt
0: toll in total of over 25,000 yeah, people.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's, we've gone away from our local... Yeah, <laughs> we, we'll, we've gone we'll, away we'll, from we'll from bring it back to that. But but yeah, it's yeah, it's I, 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 I'm going
0: to make a, a flippant comment, and it's not meant to be uh, too insulting, but I think we should sort of say there's one group that might be able to sort it out. And that'd be the DUP, and that's meant as a slightly ironic <laughs> joke, because <laughs> we won't talk about Northern <laughs> Ireland politics because we, we we um because that's basically going nowhere, uh, has gone nowhere fast for the last number of years it's as well. Exactly.
1: We must be on the world record again, are we? For oh, not I, having I, a government. Oh, I'd say so. That?
0: Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. We
1: must be gone. We have. We yeah. don't hear about it. We used to hear about it one yeah. time. The last time they, they Belgium, broke up. they overtook Belgium. Yeah. Yeah, they overtook Belgium. Yeah. We must have be gone beyond that again now. They, this they could
0: nearly overtake their own record. Yeah, you know, they so, must be. They must. But be. Uh, we'll bring it back. And, uh, as I said, all politics is local. So we're going to bring it back to the local scenario. And uh, we've referenced the European elections that are taking place, but we also have the local elections taking place on the same day. Mm. And for us here in East Clare, that means we are going to have the opportunity to go and sort of vote in or vote out uh, five members for the Killaloo Municipal District. And... The locals, I think, are... I don't think you can call them a bellwether for a general election, Paul. No, Because uh, all politics is local, and the personality, I don't mean this in an insulting way to any of our local people, because you can't compare them to the likes of Trump or anything like that. It's the cult personality, we'll say, is the bigger political scene in the States. In Ireland, in Clare in every county in the country, it doesn't really matter what party you're affiliated to, the majority of the time. If you're a man that, or a woman that can get the job done and the people are happy with you, they're going to vote for you.
1: Mm.
0: And you could be independent, you could be Sinn Féin, you could be Fianna Fáil, you could be Fine Gael, you could be Labour, you could be Green, you could be whatever you want.
1: Yeah.
0: And if you're doing the job, the chances are, the locals are going to vote you back in, are they going to vote you in on what you say your 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 um you know your sort of manifesto is? Yeah. And it's hard to have a manifesto like Freeze Clare, mm. you know, if you talk about purely political things. So we're 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 talking sort of personalities, and coming up, we're now in January, so we're say, five months away from the elections, and I have to say. I'm a little bit disappointed that we have a lack of political enthusiasm in East Clare. Mm. And I don't think it's going to be the same in the urban areas. I think it is also going to be a case in West Clare. And we have a scenario here in East Clare where our elected representatives, we have five men, three Fianna Fáil, to Fine Gael that are coming to the end of their term they are the exact same people that were there for the previous five years so the grouping that we have at the minute have done nearly ten years and it is hard to see anyone coming from within East Clare to challenge them in a way that I think could make a meaningful difference. And I think it's very interesting to look at the di- the dynamic of the Killaloo Municipal District. In general, I don't think it's inaccurate to say that you have party political affiliations, but they are put aside in the va- vast majority of cases and... The five people there are just interested in trying to do what they consider to be their best for the people of East Clare. You can argue have they delivered or not, but I don't think you can argue on the fact that they are doing their level best. And you have a good representation across the district. You have in Killaloo, you have Tony O'Brien, Fianna you have... The man who will hoover up more votes probably than any politician in the, in the country, Joe Cooney, but I slash the mills, slash everywhere else around the the, the, yeah. the county that Joe wants to yeah. be from. Alan O'Callaghan down, we'll say on the border, uh, you Kilmory. know, Kilmore. We have on the other side of the border, we have the white man, Pat Bork. Pat Bork. And yeah. then we have Pat Hayes. Yeah. And they have done. A good job, I think, in the majority of cases for the people of East Clare. You could say it was highlighted by the fact that at the last election, the five were returned. That's right. With more candidates. This time around, I worry that people have looked at, it, at this and start to think, is it worth our while mm. putting up a candidate to challenge them? Possibly. Because at the minute, we have won. Mm. We had two. But now we're back to one. But we have the Social Democrats have a local lady, and yeah. great to see uh, a female um, standing, yeah. Fiona Levy. Fiona has, yeah, you know, appeared for the Social Democrats just before Christmas. Yeah. And I will wish her the very best of luck, as I will wish all of them the very best of luck. It's good to get a female voice out there, but I think she is going to have a challenge to try and get her voice heard and to get a message across because the existing candidates will say, well, this is what we have done. Mm. And the great line, Rome wasn't built in a day. But if you look around the area at the minute, what are the two biggest things that are probably happening for East Clare? As was the bridge in Killaloo um, in its culture project. Yeah. Is that yeah, yeah. the two? Yeah, the two, yeah. No. You could say it's taken years for those to happen, yeah. but they are actually happening. More recently, you can allude to the campaign for the sewerage in, in Broadford, Broford, which I know is more a national decision, Yeah, but very much... Local implications. Very much local implications yeah. and supported by the locals. Yes. Uh, you know, and you could look at it and start to say, it now, those five people I've mentioned to you, none of them are from Broadford right? But they all rode in behind Brodford, of course, yeah. While at the same time, they will freely acknowledge there are 50 villages in County Clare that don't have yeah. adequate sewer schemes, neither. But I think they sort of saw you had the action group that was down in Broadford. Yeah, they did a long campaign, a lot of work for a long yeah. number of years,
1: and it came to fruition ultimately, not without yeah. a lot of kind of challenges as well. But if you take, so take, yeah, you, you give a good analysis there. Geographically, yes, you have a spread and you have a kind of an even spread. Um, So take geography first, um, just trying to kind of um, work out what it is this 2024 election campaign is going to be. The one element of the geography that hasn't maybe shown itself out there yet, um, it tends to ultimately in most elections. And that is the whole Tullah epicentre. Uh, and it's becoming more and more of an epicentre in that yeah. it has that demographic, that population base. You had a candidate last time, Joe Floyd from Tulla. Um, Jim McInerney would have stood a number of years ago. You had an incumbent councillor, but that goes back to 1991, yeah. John Minogue, the very popular John Minogue. So Tulla has always been a bit of a fulcrum politically it, for East Clare. It, it, it still hasn't found its clothes or yeah. redressed itself since the 90s. If, that we're, if, we're, to if
0: we're to sort of just step back a little bit, Paul, and sort of look at uh, potential parties slash candidates and you have alluded to it um, it appears at the moment that the Greens don't have a candidate yeah. the Green candidate did quite well last yeah. time around and pulled votes from okay. everywhere and Sinn Féin don't yeah. have a candidate if, if, if we, just, if, if we, I think we can it's a good way
1: to do it we'll do party, if we do geography first just yeah. get geography sorted. so you have your five incumbents um, and you just say well geographically dotted around the constituency so um Apart from Tulla, yes, what will happen in Tulla, That's not to say Scarif couldn't throw up something as well at some stage, um, as as a kind of an epicenter, as a, as a kind of a, 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 a well, population I, I, epicenter as well. Yeah, but what I do don't, think? Th- I okay. don't
0: think Scarif, uh, Scarif, I don't think can be considered a population epicenter currently, Paul, because. Mm. If you look at and go back over 20 years of the, of development or lack mm. of development, you, you compare in the last three or yeah. four years. But at the moment, there? even. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And Tullin was probably one of the only places in East Clare that saw the Celtic Tiger with housing yeah. the states built. Yeah, it's, again, it's geography there. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, so you would, okay, if geographically, the only thing you might expect or could happen would be um, will Tulla throw up a candidate? again this time yeah Tulla potentially okay, may be so heading
0: towards Crushing because we say yeah, is sort little of little there on the border as well but it's population yeah, yeah you know it and, has and, that as well. and, and like you could be on the, extre- uh, on the extremity but if you have you know numbers from a population mm-hmm. point of view there's a great option there mm-hmm. for you so yeah we all said that Tulloch is probably okay so we'll watch that one for the next number of months the
1: second one then you talk about is we'll take it on the
0: parties parties
1: okay Fine Gael selected three candidates Back last September, October Pat Burke, Joe Cooney, two incumbents There was a third candidate selected from the Quinn side, which, yes. which is perhaps in the taller orbit If you want to yep. call it, maybe not so much But Quinn, a significant mm. enough area it's a, The last candidate, Gerald Holleran Came out of there five years ago With pretty much a thousand votes you know, yep. There's a good lump of yep. a vote over there as well That could elect a candidate Cyril Crow was selected as a candidate for Fine Gael Coming out of Quinn um, he has now chosen not to stand. Mm. Having been selected he, for different reasons he has said no he won't be standing now at this stage. So that perhaps leaves a vacancy on the Fine Gael ticket that may I don't know may be taken up by Gerald Holland, who did go to convention for Finney but withdrew on the night. So he might come back onto the ticket from the Quinn side. Yeah. I don't know. He might. Um, so that would be that bit of geography. Um, the Parties, uh, Fianna Fáil, they had their collection or they had their convention very early. Um, and the three incumbents, as you outlined there, were selected and chosen to run for Fianna Fáil. I think there might have been a little bit of politics at work vis a vis that convention, um, in that they didn't want another candidate on the ticket. So, vis-a-vis vis a vis rules yes, and members and
0: votes, how long was kicked into gear? Yes, was kicked into gear
1: very quickly. that candidate now I noticed over Christmas has said it's Matthew Moroni, I think he's I, I think from Broadford if I'm right yeah. in saying Lippe from Lippe Broadford Lippe 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 originally Lippe Lippe. Lippe Lippe. Lippe, yeah, yeah. originally from Broadford so that might go back to the old Broadford and there's a there's a good powerful lump of a vote down there in Broadford actually mm. as well there is now in fairness there is maybe not enough to elect you on your own but it gives you a good springboard Yeah, definitely so look he has said now he has exhausted all opportunities with Fianna Fall through his kind of um Process outside of the constituency, appealing to Dublin and the whole thing. So okay, so he's off and won't be, it seems, on the Fianna Fail ticket. That's not to say um, that he won't be on the ballot paper in some format. Yeah, Um, he he could
0: he he would have the option to stand as an independent. He can stand as an independent.
1: He can flutter his eyelashes in the direction of another party. Um, You know, there's there's a lot of things. Um, He's a young man by all accounts, so I wouldn't write him off. Not knowing, I wouldn't, I don't know the full, I don't know the the ins and outs and the Hmm. the internal engine of of East Clare politics. But to me, he would seem like a fella that mightn't have disappeared as of yet. Um, So that's Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael. Um, As you said, the Social Democrats, Fiona Levy, geographically now coming in on top of, right beside, adjacent to an incumbent, Pat Burke. Actually, a next door neighbour. Yeah. Where she was born, a next door neighbour. Lives in Mount Shannon, born down in Williamstown and White, or not born, sorry, lived in Williamstown and Whitegate. Yeah. Um, so, next door neighbour down there. She's coming in as the only female at the moment on, on, on the ticket. Um, yeah. Social Democrats. Again, interesting to watch the Social Democrats. Will Holly Kearns will she take some kind of, it's maybe not as significant an issue, will she take some kind of a bounce from a kind of a national profile? Um, Holly Kearns new leader with Social Democrats I don't think it's a huge issue in local politics um, but I've no doubt at some stage over the course of the campaign we'll have a day or two here in East Clare with Holly Cairns canvassing areas with Fiona Levy so her primary selling point is um A woman, a woman of experience, um, a woman in business. That will be Fiona's big selling point. But again, she has the disadvantage of being right beside Um, and on top of the incumbent. Geography is her thing there. So we'll see how that one works out. The Greens, as you said, historically, traditionally, consistently, always a good, strong, powerful vote in East Clare for the Greens, going right back to the 90s.
0: And not to any one particular... um, Parish, oh no, no, it's a Ge- no, geographically well spread. Yeah, we
1: have, we we have, we have quite a green, if you want to call it that, political outlook in this part of North East Clare. The, yeah. it's, it's here. Yeah, it's there. Mm. Um, uh, could have in 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 the right in the right, and you saw Roisin Garvey pull the green seat in the last council election mm. up in North Clare. Um, could have could have done it on the right day. With a little bit more in the tank, could have done a seat here in yeah. um, East Clare last time around. There was
0: potentially a seat. Si- uh, there was, was there was momentum good, with, the, with the Green Party on the, day, and the national and there was a level. good
1: decent good decent mm. strong performance yeah. um, on the day here in East Clare. Yeah, um, last time around, so you'd have to think you'll have a Green candidate in East Clare you would yeah, have but, to think but, you would have a Green Paula, candidate but I, I put
0: you like this now you talk you say you know the bigger political parties and now if the social and the social democrats aren't a big political party but they are a mm. political party yeah. and they have people in the Dáil so yeah, they, have, the Dáil. They, they have they have their candidates announced um, Fianna Fáil Fianna Gael have their candidates announced yeah. but we don't have have you said the Greens are in power Yes, they don't have a candidate. No, announced at the moment. Yeah, we're four months out. Mm. I think if they were going to have someone and trying to build a bit of momentum, yeah, they would have been announced already. Yeah, Sinn Féin don't have a candidate neither. Yeah, and just going off the national and the county election from the last time, there is a big Sinn Féin vote to be had. Now, Mm -hmm. it could be that what I alluded to earlier, that our five existing candidates, that it could be looked upon that Sinn Féin might look at this and say, I don't know, have we the firepower or the candidate to try and unseat one of them? And they might say, right, we're going to concentrate on Shannon Ennis. Ennis. Maybe they have a candidate out west. I'm not sure. But I would think that they are a political party with, you know, 40 odd seats. Looks like they're going to be in power next time round. If they were going to have a candidate, he should be, he or she should be on the ground.
1: Uh, I, I, I would be surprised If Sinn Féin Don't have a candidate Because I would think it, it, It's basically A little bit like The Greens in, in 2019, 2020 It's a bit of a dry run For Sinn Féin Correct you know, The big mistake they made And they They, they acknowledged this and, and admitted this themselves For the 2020 General election Was that they didn't Run enough candidates A local election When you know A general election Is coming up a year later A local election Is a wonderful opportunity For you to At the very least Go out there And show a face At the best you win a lot of seats that you mightn't have felt you were going to win, you know. So it would be strange, I think it would be peculiar and odd if they don't have a candidate, um, I would suspect, with Sinn Féin. Um, I think it's still, I th- for, from a local election point of view, until the evenings get a little bit, I wouldn't be, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be defining your ticket until... We need to early March. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't er, early March. For those ones there, right. um, Geography Tuller, Sinn Fein, Greens. Paul, we're We're going to continue
0: on the discussion, but uh, Tom is going to have to take his leave of us here now, and we're going to be taking our leave ourselves in in, in a few minutes. Tom, uh, have you any thoughts on the local elections? Why would you want to be a politician (laughs) because the guys
2: that are in situ or ladies that are in situ, they have the possibility of putting ahead of them a track record of what they would have done in the local community. So they're they're always going to have an advantage over someone that's coming in that would be new, that wouldn't have a track record. And you don't want to be a really, really bad representative to not have some sort of a decent track record. No, you might mess it all up and you might <laughs> yeah, be the person <laughs> that, that, that wants to be <laughs> shafted or ousted, you know, like... you like You can, as I, as going I, to be
0: dorsal van der <laughs> of lo, local <laughs> uh, politics. Well, it's Make just, a big, that's a, a bad
2: decision. <laughs> well, that's, that's where I think you 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 have candidates created when they see yeah, a possibility mm. of getting into a seat. Yeah. And I think that happens in national elections as well, where someone does really badly and they say, well, look, they're not going to get the votes. Let's put forward a candidate because we have a strong chance of making uh, a seat. So I say locally, I mean, all the names you mentioned, they're all household names. Mm -hmm. If you want to get, you know, uh, something done or footpaths put in or whatever, Uh who do you go to? You go to your local Mm -hmm. representative. And the first one off, someone's what's uh, called uh, is like, oh, go to Joe Cooney, mm. go to how do you say, Pat to Burke. Go, Pat to Burke. go to you know, yeah. in your yeah. particular, they're, go the, to Pat they're, Hayes. they're yeah. the ones, yeah. you know that, and it you know that's there's a process involved in local politics, and yeah. that whereas if you have the likes of a new candidate. What track record do they have other than they may have been a community representative in another walk of life? And you say such and such would make a great local politician. Do you know, like Paul (laughs) mentioned earlier on, Joe Broly, Mm. do you know, he's a bombastic personality. Mm. He has his, do you know, his all the the, the, his kind of followers. You kind of say, oh, well, he's a bit like Marmite, you know, you would like George. But, Mm. you know, he would bring a big crowd with him. Yeah. you know, and that's often so the case.
1: It can be personality-driven, or it can be issue-driven. If an issue crops up, in or an issue, yeah, over the next couple of months,
0: and that's a great team. I, I knew tea what I was in, doing Paul. there, Luke. Tom, you're <laughs> taking your <laughs> departure. <laughs> we'll talk to you anon. Hi, man. <laughs> Which you got? Mind the headphones, there, Tom. Whoop. Yeah. <laughs> As Tom <laughs> tries to walk out with the door with, with, with the headphones on him. <laughs> you should have
2: always had cameras in the studio. <laughs> exactly. For that exactly.
0: But listen, Paul. Um, If we're going to talk about (laughs) any potential topics, right? Right. uh, big topics around uh, sort of East Clare, um, the one potential topic, and I'm not going to say it is the topic that's going to define the the locals, Mm. because topics aren't always what define locals, because it's more personality-based. But um, if you have driven around East Clare in recent months, in recent weeks, Um, (coughs) be it from Bridgetown to Broadford there's one thing that has started to pop up and there's a few signs at the side of the road and I I could allude to there's a few signs in Broadford Village in relation to the Seward scheme and the TD sort of um, (laughs) that is I won't say taking credit for it but he's letting himself know knowing that uh, he's been part of the group that has delivered on the scheme for Broadford but um, wind farms yeah right And you have issues in relation to same, and I think there's a county development plan issue. Mm. The local politicians will say that they haven't been allowed a voice to amend the local development plan over the last two periods. That the plan for wind energy for County Clare is outdated. Yeah. And that potentially the whole process in relation to wind farms should be going from onshore to offshore. Offshore, yeah. And the effect that onshore is sort of having. Now, we currently don't have wind farms in East Clare. The closest, I think, that uh, we could have to a turbine is uh, there's one at Fisticon. In Limerick, yes, and there's one that sort of had an issue in relation to planning permission that went up right, in part. In
1: part, yeah, but we can look up at Derry Brine, which is out of the county, I which suppose. yeah, we can yeah, look over at Ross uh, Gray, yeah, but we more.
0: don't have anything in East Clare, no, Cor- but within the planning system, there are about I'm open to correction. Between sixty-five and seventy-five turbines planned mm. for East Clare in a number of wind farms. There, you drive through Broadford at the moment, and there are signs on the road: BroadfordOatfield.com. Yeah, and it's basically Broadford and Oatfield say no, and it's no to future energy and no to their Knockshenvo project. So Knockshenvo, the twelve o'clock hills. Broadford, that general area. Broadford is a particular target for wind farms. It has been identified by companies as having great gusts of wind obviously Mm -hmm. blowing down through there. Mm -hmm. And there is a group that has established itself down there and we say broadfordtoothfield.com is a website that they have and you can sort of check that out and you can check out their Facebook page as well. Yeah. Where they they have um, opposition and you said there's existing perso- pers- proposed schemes for Bodake, Tungraini, Kilban, Fahibeg, yeah, and you're now talking Broadford, Oatfield, you know, and you're down would we'll say to the you know the 12 o'clock hills. yeah, that where that general area is, there's a lot of uh turbines proposed for there. And future energy are one of the companies that are involved in sort of doing this and have held a meeting recently. And you talk about consultation and lack of consultation. They held a meeting recently in relation to that proposal and they had a presentation and in the Castle Oaks and Castle Connell. Yeah. Which for uh, the uninitiated is not in County Clare. Yeah. It's not in the area where these turbines are being proposed. Now, okay, it's not a million miles away from it. Yeah. But are you trying to tell me, Paul, that there is no community hall hall or room in Broadford or the Mills or Kilkishan, that general area, that couldn't have held a meeting mm. from, from a company. That's a, it, uh, that's a v- distinct lack of respect shown to the local community, in my opinion. From these companies, but they don't care.
1: No, the, 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 those consultative encounters are about ticking boxes. Yeah, you know, they're not about establishing principles or, or developing policy. They're yeah. ticking boxes um, as part of a Borplanala.
0: Yeah, like they they lodged their their their, their their submission before Christmas, mm. apparently, which goes to nearly four thousand pages. Mm. Now, as I said, the great initiated amongst us would struggle to read four pages sometimes. I don't think most people are going to have the will to live to to try and read read 4,000 pages. But uh, could you think it could be a topic?
1: Absolutely. You outlined the areas there and you just kind of mentioned at the end the different places. But it's that part of down to Bridgetown, Broadford, over to Oatfield. But it's also coming back over this side of the street, come Ogunalaw, Bodai, Caharhurli, that type of area as well. So it's a significant... Geographical and the one that um, has been granted to permission, the, East the one that has Huge. been
0: granted permission is the one that's sort of is sort of buddy, yeah, you know. Yeah. And um, so if, if if there is
1: to be an issue, um, and you, there, there, it's maybe slowly winding itself up. I saw there sometime over Christmas, there was a public meeting held in the cobblers in Budai yes. on the issue as well. Like mm. you know, and if it's down there in the Broadford, Oatfield, Bridgetown area. Slowly developing an issue What impact locally Other than to deliver a message You can actually achieve on it Remains to be seen You know a lot of these type of major Infrastructural national projects And I presume these would be Coming under that umbrella Mm. Are now kind of bypassing The normal No more so than you outlined The lads saying there with Vis-a-vis the county development plan A lot of their functions have been bypassed and the planning process has been bypassed In that you go straight to Borough Planola you don't go through the local process the same, anymore. The same with uh, so uh, Irish water. That's deliberate. Mm. That's deliberate policy from a centralised democracy if mm. you want to call it that. Um, so other than delivering if it gains momentum politically as an issue other than delivering a message it probably won't as it is just electing a councillor change but it's it's good to have somebody expressing your point of view if they're elected on that issue but uh, your point is valid if you were to pick out an issue we've picked out parties we've picked out personalities we've picked out geography the one thing remaining is an issue if there is an issue to become a kind of a a topic lightning rod or whatever a topic for the maelstrom that is an election campaign, it would be that. I don't see any other yeah. in East Clare. Because
0: the, the thing, Paul, I think, you know, if, as you said, if you drive around East Clare, you, you know, you're around Killaloo, you see the bridges going up. That's infrastructure. Mm. Yeah. Holy Island, Inish Kaltra, while not quite being infrastructure, it's been designed for a tourist yeah. point of view to enhance yeah. that. And... To get to Holy Island, you know, all roads will sort of drive you through East Clare. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, and mm-hmm. it's not going to compete with the Cliffs of Moher, but the council have taken it on board, eventually are getting there. Uh, yeah, eventually. phase m- one. Phase one. Yeah, currently you know, under construction. And, uh, you know, it, it remains to be seen what effect it's going to have for the local economy. Be it good or bad, you would hope that there would be Advantages, but there is potential disadvantages well, a debate, as well. There's
1: a, it'd be no harm if Scarf Bay did that. There's hmm. a debate on that point. Yeah, there's a definite because again, again, you could. You're, I said the numbers
0: point. are different, but compared the Cliffs of Moher and the value that the Cliffs, uh, the income that the Cliffs generate, will say for the people of Clare, is limited I'm because concerned. you have a lot of companies that are basically. D- Bussing people down, from, yeah, of yeah, them down from Dublin mm. and uh, drive driving around the place. But yeah. um, those two projects are sort of for all of us to yeah. an extent. They they will benefit, hopefully, the people of East Clare. Mm. Uh, d- I said there's disadvantages as well by opening up uh, East Clare. Uh. I think there's a lot of people have said, "Oh, it's going to be great for East Clare," but I think it's going to be bad in other ways as well because it opens us to potential for, you know, uh, possibly more crime and various other uh, issues, issues like that. Exactly, you know, access to the to -hmm. the motorway. But um, the I won't say the Empire Strikes Back; the locals strike back. That could become a topic for. East Clare for the Killaloo Municipal District in the elections. Another topic in general in Ireland that is appearing is the locals fighting back in Mm. relation to the accommodation crisis that we have. And some of it is created, I think, by a political vacuum, a lack of leadership, and a lack of engagement, and a very bad reading of the room mm. by our uh, parties that are in government yeah. as of now. Government policy is as it is, and we have the outlook of a term that we've discussed it before and said, ah, oh, it doesn't really exist in in the country. There might be a little bit of it. I said the far right. Mm. And you have issues that have been hijacked, mm-hmm. not so much as of yet in East Clare, but there is potential. We say we the hotel in Scarf was sold, which had been closed for twenty years, and repurposed to house asylum seekers. And at the time, there was a little bit of preemptive knowledge. From our politicians, as I said, our local politicians, yeah. that they got wind of it yeah. before it actually happened. Yeah. And there was a bit of a debate. There was the sort of events being stoked up on social media. But then mm. uh, there was a public meeting where, surprise, surprise, not so many of the people that sort of talk about it on the mm. Internet from different countries didn't appear in, into East Clare. Mm.